It's time for episode 460 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's Danless, but Jason Moore? Sure, you yes. You got it. That's right. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my pal, not my dungeon buddy, because we don't play a lot of D&D together, but maybe in, in the future, dungeon buddy. It's Jason Snell. Hello, Jason. Hello, I, uh, your host emeritus. I've been activated due to the uh, Dan signal being sent <laughs> out. The Dan is now on leave. And so uh, you got me for the summer, the rest of the summer. Uh, how does this work? Have <laughs> you changed anything? Is it still 30 minutes? <laughs> it's still 30 minutes. We still got four people to talk to. All right, great. So yeah, I think it's pretty much the same. It, we're still moving clockwise, not counterclockwise. So we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, I hope we don't grow a third dimension at some point because that would be very confusing. Uh, to my left is the editor in chief of No Jitter and Workspace Connect. It's Lisa Schmeiser. Hello, Lisa. Hi. Thank you for having me back on the show. And to my left, it is uh, Christopher Finn, the head of podcast at DC. Thompson and also person with lots of deep tech knowledge. Chris, welcome. Thank you. I mean, I should feel like I should just say, I don't want to be here. This is rubbish. Why do you invite me? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just want to mix it up a bit. Everyone else is thanks. That is true. Everyone's usually so pleasant you this? and amiable. Why are you here? <laughs> I kind of like it. A nice shake up with, uh, I don't know, actually, I can only hold, handle so much change at once. Let me let me try it. Again, Christopher Finn is here. Who invited you? Uh, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, let's get into things. You know how it works. We've got four topics in just 30 minutes, so I'll kick things off. Uh, Apple Pay is coming under fire for its very convenient, easy-to-use tap-to-pay system. And with all of that news about antitrust and la-la-la-la-la, it just made me curious, how do you pay most frequently, uh, be it online, in stores, etc.? Lisa, we'll start with you. I have so many different use cases, I can't say, oh, I pay this way. Um, I will say our food trucks that come to the island I live on every Saturday offer you like a 10% discount if you use Apple Pay. So obviously, I'm using Apple Pay for that. And I've really enjoyed the convenience of using Apple Pay wherever it's set up around vendors in the US. It was much easier when we were overseas. Um, otherwise, if it's online, um, I don't let my browser save credit card information. So the only place I have really truly frictionless e-commerce would be through Amazon where I do have Prime. Um, but otherwise, it's Apple Pay. It might be frictionless e-commerce through Amazon or it's cash so I can actually keep a bead on how much money is flying out of my bank account every week. I don't care. I haven't carried cash for a very long time. Fortunately, it's less painful now because I can Apple Pay things. My go-to move is (laughs) Apple Pay with my Apple Watch, honestly, because I think everybody's, uh, all the cash register people have gotten used to people paying with their phones. And then I go with my watch and they're like, oh, right. That still has some uh, level of wonder for them, which I think is kind of fun. Um, And it's just convenient. Yeah, I could take my phone out of my pocket, but why? It's on my wrist. And I do that so anywhere I can. And then otherwise... Online, um, I do use Apple Pay some of the time because it is convenient, but it is, I have an Apple card, so I'm mostly in- incentivized to use, uh, the Apple card because 
when you do Apple Pay, you get a higher percentage back on the Apple Card. So I do a, a lot more of that. Um, but I keep my credit card numbers in general in one password. And so I'm doing a lot of autofill just using one password uh, on, on sites that don't offer Apple Pay. So I'm all over the place. But if I can possibly pay with my Apple Watch in the real world, that's what I do. Yeah, Apple Pay for me as well. I think, I, in fact, the other day for very unusually, I for, came out the house without my watch on now. I have my watch on almost all the time otherwise. And it was really weird suddenly going, cause it's my, it's my everything and it's my, uh, payment method. And when I went to go to the shop, I was like, hang on, I don't actually have a payment thing with me cause I never, I've, I've got an <laughs> Apple wallet, but it's got my door pass and my driver's license in it and a, a business card. And I just, I don't, I don't carry cash. I haven't carried a wallet for um, many years and so if I don't have my uh, watch on, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can use my phone. I forgot about that. That's really good. Um, and usually I do have all my cards uh, saved into Safari. But I will say there's an international um, dimension here, isn't there? Because uh, the US has been slower to adopt contactless payments than mm-hmm. um, Europe and uh, other parts of the world. And so for us uh, here in the UK, it was a much more frictionless experience shifting over to Apple Pay. And there were fewer curious and recalcitrant people so I'm pretty much Jason in this situation. Um, I use my Apple Watch to do Apple Pay for everything because all I have to do is double tap that side button instead of having to face ID or sometimes whenever my, because of the mask, then it doesn't unlock, blah, blah, blah. So I can count on it being a very quick exchange to just use my Apple Watch. And what I love is um, there have been a few times where I've gone into San Francisco um, for different things and taking the ferry into San Francisco or taking uh, BART into San Francisco, um, you don't even have to face ID or anything if you have your uh, transit card set up with the express uh, payment thing. It's worth saying that in this conversation, obviously, we're like, you know, first world techie people and we're all cool with this. But there is, of course, a socioeconomic dimension to this conversation, which is that as we take, I'd be happy if I never used touch cash again in my life. But I, I, I'm also equally skeptical about a world where cash doesn't exist because it's a thing that disenfranchises vast, vast tracts of the population. If we just take that option away and, you know, formalize banks and all that sort of stuff. That is a, that's a very good point. Yes. All right. Let us move on to our next topic, which comes from Lisa. All right. Um, so I know some people are using Apple AirTags to track their luggage through airports and actually try to find it in this summer of traveling. Uh, Michigas, as, as some folks would say. And Alaska Airlines is rolling out an electronic bag tag pilot program this fall where 2,500 people will have bag tags um, where the information is electronically encoded and there are uh, continuous updates either between the tag in the system or the tag in your phone. So you can find out if your tag is in fact taking a trip to another city without you. I was curious how else would you like to see your smartphone or your watch aid and abet your travel logistics and make it easier? I have to be honest. I think I can't do any more than I'm already doing. Um, I use the iOS app Flighty, which is amazing. It is not cheap because it is a subscription, but it has a fire hose of data. It pushes notifications to me. Uh, regardless of airline, as anything changes with the status of my flight, I I do already have an AirTag in my bag, although I found that to be not particularly useful. 
Um, but flighty is a huge uh, benefit for me. Uh, the airlines are getting better in terms of being able to set notifications. I get notifications when the plane changes. I can look up where the incoming plane is and if it's late or not. So you can see whether it the delay that you're seeing is real or kind of fictional and make your decision about do you leave for the airport or what do you do. Um, so, I, you know, and I, in terms of other travel, like, I use the internet to book my accommodations and like I, I am, I've got it so wired. The only thing that I am not yet doing is using my Apple Watch wallet app to scan my barcode when I get to the gate because most of those barcode scanners are kind of awkwardly mm-hmm. placed and you can't really fit your, your whole arm under there. And so you got to get your phone out for those. But other than that, I'm, I'm pretty much entirely wired for, uh, using my phone and other technology for travel, so I don't, I don't want to. I don't think there's much more I can can do or would want to do. For me, I don't think there's anything that can be solved. To, I'm a problem basically <laughs> and in my life, and I don't think technology can solve this. In parks, I don't. Uh, this sounds um, particularly uh, misanthropic, but I don't trust technology. Not in the sense of tinfoil hatty or in the sense of uh, things going wrong, but just I'm never convinced that data is going to be correct. Um, about you know gates and flight times and that sort of stuff. And so what I want really is not so much a, a technological solution is I want a valet. <laughs> I want a person <laughs> there because I trust a person to understand. You know, you can think about maybe what I want is you know, an ambient always on thing on my phone that's, that is completely live, that shows me precise delays that shows me where there's toilets on the way to the aircraft so I can take my daughter for a last minute wee or whatever it happens to be but that doesn't exist and I don't think it's possible for that to exist in enough ri- enough richness but a, a person <laughs> is going to go Chris you need to leave now <laughs> or it's going to be fine you can have another drink that's what I would like what about you Micah? Yeah, for me, it's so I'm, I'm going to kind of cheat by just adjusting the question a little bit. I am good to go in terms of like how my smartphone helps with my travel. But what the last time I traveled, uh, the airline needed to update their technology know how because they said that I could not bring on um, my carry on that had a charger built into it and that the charger I had to keep in uh, a bag separate from that. And unfortunately, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, and so when I got up to the, you know, checkout area, they realized that it was at this, it was away luggage that I had, a former sponsor on the show. And they, uh, said, Oh, does that have a charger? And I wasn't going to lie. So I said, yes. And then they said, well, we need to, you need to take the thing out. It is able to be taken out, but I didn't have anything to undo the screws that were holding it in. So in order for me to make my flight, I literally had to break my luggage. So are you now traveling with like a small screwdriver to pop it Now I just don't it? travel. That's how I avoid oh, okay. it. Oh, that's how you <laughs> Life hack. <laughs> uh, Lisa, why don't you run us out here? I'm with Chris in that I, I kind of want a, a valet who will wrap things up in a tidy bow and put all the information in one place. My biggest complaint about travel and smartphones is if I'm traveling for work, I have to make all my reservations through the corporate travel agency app. Everything is there. And then there's also flight check in and flight check in on a completely different application. If I'm interested in doing things in the area I'm traveling to, um, that's a third application. If it's overseas, I've got Google translate open. <laughs> um, I would really just like to have one, application that rounds everything up, puts it one place. So I'm not toggling between screens. 
I will share actually the smartest smartphone use I've heard of in travel for the summer. Um, comes from a girlfriend of mine who figured out when her plane was taxiing into the airport that if she placed an order at the airport Starbucks, she could just roll off the plane, get her coffee and keep going. And she didn't have to wait in line because it would be waiting at the counter for her. And that is, give this woman a Nobel Prize. I would have never thought about that. But having having a restaurant app that is tied to that is tied to you know an airport vendor and being able to pre-order things so that you don't have to wait in line, you're not nervous before flights, or if you've got a tight connection, you can grab something and go. That I think is is one of the best uses of a smartphone for travel. <laughs> that is very clever. That's very clever. All right, folks, we have reached halftime, so it's time for a break. And I want to tell you about Electric, who are bringing you this episode of Clockwise. When leading your small business, you know it's not all glamour. In fact, sometimes it's a matter of spending hours trying to find a laptop that was lost in the mail for a new hire or dealing with some other technical emergency. When you're well-equipped to deal with it, uh, you know, then you're good to go. But maybe you just don't have the time to take care of those situations. And that is where Electric comes in because Electric knows small businesses like yours face these challenges. And they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can focus on building your business. With Electric acting as your IT department, you get back to what you're good at, plus you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. Just think about uh, friends of mine who are these entrepreneurial types, who are Jacks and Jills and, and folks of all trade, right? But the the issue whenever you are that type of person is that you do want to focus on everything. And when you focus on everything, then that energy level that you have for the things that need to get done <laughs> starts to lower because you've only you're, you're spreading yourself thin, as they say. So let's reclaim some of that by letting someone else handle the IT stuff. That is where Electric comes into play. For Clockwise listeners out there, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones when you take a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash clockwise. That's electric.ai slash clockwise. Go there now to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. And of course, our thanks to Electric for sponsoring this week's episode of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. All right, we are back from the break, and that means it's Jason's topic. Okay, so lock screen widgets are coming to iOS 16 this fall. The beta is out there now uh, for the public, and one of its most one of the most intriguing features is this ability to put widget data that you choose that comes from your apps on the lock screen. And I was curious thinking about putting parking some personal data or data you care about on the top level so you can tap on your iPhone and see what's going on um, is an interesting choice. Like what what piece of data do you want to see in that situation? Chris, what do you think? Well, it's an easy answer for me for this because half, fully half of the home screen on my iPhone 12 Pro Max is taken up with Fantastical, yes. a good calendaring app from Flexibits. Because I have a kind of surrendered wife relationship with my calendar. Everything goes into my calendar. Dates get blocked out. Tight, you know, I need to work on this. I'm going to block out time for that. Uh, when people want a meeting with me, I'm just like, just look at my calendar and find a time that works for you. Everything is there. And then I just do what it tells me. <laughs> for me, absolutely fantastical. That's where um, I would go. Micah, what do you reckon? 
Siri, please copy and paste Christopher's answer. Literally, <laughs> fantastical. Literally, I look to my ca- that calendar for telling me what to do. Everything you've said is exactly how I feel about this. I want fantastical. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, this is like uh, it's great. I, that's what I want on my lock screen. That is what the only other thing I'll add because, uh, particularly because I'm I'm podcasting with Jason who likes the draft style, um, is that I would add uh, an air quality uh, yeah. information. But I think that that's already something that you. Can do with the the current version of uh, iOS sixteen, like the the widgets that are available. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's my addition there. Uh, Lisa, what about you? So I was a little brain frozen on this question because, to be honest, my watch is my primary quick pick up and look at things if I need to for everything from you know weather conditions, like you said, air quality, to where where are my rings to what's popping up because I have, you know, calendar alerts to it and things like that. So I think what I may just do is keep the lock screen of my phone um, focused on the koi pond I have it there. And it's just kind of like my little moment of text then before I have to pick up my phone and use it for anything. All right. I like it. The, the, we'll, we'll come up with some interesting uh, widgets that are just more mm-hmm. Zen widgets for you that don't yeah. provide information and are just no, a, just a like a moon effect. phase or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Where you're like, oh, yeah, the moon. Um, I asked, <laughs> so I asked this question a little bit, right? The moon? It's, is it out there? Is it still there? Yes, it is. That's, oh, yeah, that, that one. Uh, is the oh. moon still orbiting.com? Uh, you can check it out, that site. Uh, so I made that up. My, I, I asked Someone this question. Someone is parking that domain right now. Because I just just got the beta of uh, Scriptable, the app that lets you um, make widgets using JavaScript, and the beta uh, lets you do home- lock screen widgets. And um, everybody knows probably if you know me what's coming, which is, yes, I can put the temperature in my own backyard on my lock screen now from my weather station. And so I'm my plan for this fall is to put <clears throat> a bunch of different weather data on my lock screen, uh, whether it's the forecast or uh, the current conditions and all that. And I'm really excited about that. That brings us to our final topic. Uh, Chris, what do you have for us? Well, so I've got a very flippant uh, final topic for us, which is just emoji. Uh, in the last week since Clockwise was on the air, emo- uh, World Emoji Day has happened. Uh, obviously, the world of emoji has lost uh, Jeremy Birds, the founder of Emojipedia. I don't mean we've <laughs> he's still around. Him. He's, he's fine. He's, 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 fine. Yeah. he's on his boat. He's, he's living life. <laughs> um, so, in honor of Jeremy's massive contribution, and we're very lucky to have had him in that particular role. I thought we'd talk about emoji, and we talk about what emoji we're most looking forward to in Emoji Fifteen that are coming in September. And which three emoji, this is an idea ripped off from Emojipedia's Twitter account, which three emoji would you be bereft without if you lost them from your keyboard tomorrow? Micah. Ooh, okay. So the emoji I'm most excited about um, is the plain pink heart. One way that um, I will occasionally show solidarity with other bi folks out there is by sending the colors of the bi flag pink, purple, and blue. But anytime you do the pink one, it has to be one of those weird ones that has other things going on. There's not just a plain pink heart. So that's finally coming out. So I can finally come out. Oh, wait, no, I did that a long time ago. Um, <laughs> and I'll be happy to show the, the you know, buy pride with the pink, purple, and blue hearts. As far as the three emoji that I couldn't live without, one of them is a brand or a, a very relatively new one. It is the melting face emoji. 
I <laughs> use that one all the time because I kind of always feel like I'm melting away. Uh, the other one would be the two eyes that are looking off to the side. The last one is kind of a combo because it's either of the two smiling while blushing emoji. All right, Lisa, what about you? All right, the uh, emoji I'm looking most looking forward to is the crow. Um, Halloween is coming up, guys. It's spooky season. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spam everybody with the crow. As for the three emojis, the first one is the 100, the, the big red enthusiastic 100. Um, the second one is the, uh, flame. That can be useful if, you know, if someone texts you and they're really annoyed about something someone did, you can just text back with the flame and they're like, oh, yes, yes, I, I too share your annoyance. And then the third one is the clapping hands emoji. Um, what we've learned from my emoji use is I'm very emphatically reactive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'll just say uh, to plug another podcast that I'm on uh, on Upgrade this week. Mike and I drafted a uh, favorite emoji in each iPhone uh, category. Uh, I, I will pick the three that I would be the saddest to lose. Um, the shrugging man, because sometimes you just got to be like, whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the wink emoji, which I use a lot. Uh, this says a lot about... Uh, I don't wink in person, but like, I think that there's, I, I, I'm always making statements in text in Slack and Discord where I'm like, I need to put a wink at the end of this. And uh, the blue heart, because I love the blue heart and I'd be sad if I had to pick another color heart. The blue heart, that's my heart. As for a new emoji that I like, I'm tempted to pick the goose emoji only because uh, walking around in, in the Bay Area, especially if you compare that, you pair it with the poop emoji. Oh, uh. boy, you got it covered. But I'm going to go with the ginger emoji because I love, love, love ginger in all its forms. Ginger's and amazing. Uh, so I'm going to be just uh, putting I don't even know what the context is going to be. I think I think uh, <laughs> my wife will text me and say, you know, what do you think we should uh, have for dinner or whatever? And I'll just be like 9000 ginger emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're going to be inventing context to put ginger and Woody's into. Um, so the three I'd miss the most is a heart, just a plain uh, red heart, but the one from the suits, not the red one from the hearts, but from the clubs and the spades. It's a soft, velvety heart that I use all the time. Uh, I roll emoji. I, I roll emoji. That's the one that would absolutely kill me. I, I need to. I roll everything, and then the upside down face, which again is a bit like the melty face uh, emoji that uh, Micah mentioned, which was voted in uh, World Emoji Days poll as the best new emoji uh that would be for me in terms of ones i'm looking forward to i'm afraid i have to uh reflect micah's answer back to him as well it's pink heart i'm also part of the buy plus community and unicode has said they're not going to do any more flags with very good reasoning and that's uh, a perfectly cromulent uh, argument for not doing more flags but the addition of the pink flag gives uh, some options for lesbian pride, for pan pride, for bi pride, a whole bunch of stuff. And for other stuff as well. Sports teams, I'm sure, perhaps. I'm very not good on sports, but there must be some that use pink as a signature colour. So that's the one that I'm looking forward to the most myself. Awesome. Well, folks, we are nearly there. We're going to hit a bonus topic. And of course, uh, for those of you who are members, we'll go to the overtime topic. But we'll take a quick break so I can tell you about New Relic. You know, think about this. Devs are often curious people. 
Uh, maybe some of you out there are devs who are curious people. They are the first to explore the newest tech. They dig into documentation. They don't only want to know how things work, but why they work the way that they do. And that's exactly why so many engineers turn to New Relic. New Relic gives you data about what you build and shows what's really happening in your software lifecycle. It's the single place to see the data from your entire stack, so you don't have to look into 16 different tools and make those connections manually. It pinpoints issues down to the line of code so you know why the problems are happening and can resolve them quickly. That's why dev and ops teams at DoorDash, at GitHub, at Epic Games, and more than 14,000 other companies use New Relic to debug and improve their software. And when teams come together around data, it allows you to triage problems, be confident in decisions, and reduce the time needed to implement resolution using data, not opinions. So use the data platform that's made for the curious. Right now, you can get access to the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigabytes of data per month free forever with no credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash clockwise. That's N-E-W-R-E-L-I-C dot com slash clockwise. That URL one more time, newrelic.com slash clockwise. Go sign up. There's no reason not to. And our thanks to New Relic for their support of this show and of Relay FM. All right. In many places in the United States and elsewhere, I was just reading about uh, England today, it's getting very hot. And so I'm just curious, what do you do to cool down when it's hot? Lisa? Swim. <laughs> nice. That's, nice. That's the quickest and easiest answer. We have an old house. We still don't have air conditioning, although... Um, Retrofitting our extremely old house with a 21st century climate crisis solution is um, on the urgent to-do list, but mostly we swim. Sometimes we'll have ice cream for dinner, and then my daughter thinks it's the best day ever. And um, spent I've, I have also taken to um, occasionally watching like slow Norwegian TV on YouTube, where it's like a train going through a snowy tundra and Ooh, thinking cool thoughts. <laughs> yes, think cool thoughts, exactly. <laughs> Jason? I mostly uh, turn on fans, uh, especially because usually it, get, it cools off pretty fast here in my part of the, the Bay Area. And so I have a bunch of fans that go in windows and blow the cool air in because generally that's the problem is it's too hot inside and it's cooled off outside. We do have a window AC unit that we bought a few years ago that sort of sits there unused most of the summer. But there are a handful of days where it's required to get at least one room in our house to be cool enough to live in. Um, that's about it. Uh, I have a big redwood tree in my backyard, so sometimes I'll just go out there and I'll sit and do work in a in, in a camp chair uh, with a laptop under the under the big redwood tree in the shade. That's about it. Well, I live in Scotland. <laughs> That's the end of that answer. Uh, no, it does get hot here, and the serious answer is that increasingly, as I get older, I try to not continue business as usual because <laughs> i did that for basically 40 years of my life if it got hot i just try and power through and just be miserable but of course people who live in hot countries don't do that they build their lives in ways that make sense to deal with the worst excesses of the heat in the day and so trying to take those lessons on board and do things that are sensible and that uh, minimize my exposure to heat and doing activities and cooler parts of the day that sort of stuff that makes the most sense to me. But there are days when I wish I lived further north even than I do. Um, for me, we do have AC in uh, our 
townhome. So that is the primary way of, of cooling down. But, uh, I also just like to have, so I normally drink water, uh, at room temp because, uh, people who are true water drinkers know that's the way to do it. Uh, <laughs> but occasionally when I need to definitely cool down, uh, I'll get some ice from the freezer and, uh, use that to, to help cool myself down. All right, folks, if you would like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. You just go to relay.fm slash clockwise and sign up for five bucks a month or 50 bucks a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss automating home tasks. All right, folks, with that, we have reached the end of this episode of Clockwise. All that's left is to thank our awesome guests. Thank you, Lisa Schmeiser, so much for being here today. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Christopher Finn, if I had any cash, I'd give it to you. But thank you for being here. Oh, I hate it every minute. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for this episode of Clockwise. Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, watch what you say. Bye, everybody.